Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday Message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life. Hey, Watermark Church family, here we are again, online only. So the question on everyone's mind is kind of what happened? Well, after going an entire year and a half with no known exposures at Watermark and no confirmed cases on the staff or the volunteer team, the day finally came. Uh, As I'm recording this, my wife and I are homesick with COVID. And uh, last week during our staff time, I exposed uh, some of the staff unwittingly. So uh, suffice to say, between uh, the kids' ministry team being exposed um, and and uh, some of the staff on Tuesday being exposed, uh, we simply did not have enough team members to host an in-person service. So, uh, of course, everyone's isolating uh, who was exposed or let alone a confirmed positive case like my wife and I. If you didn't receive the all-church communication on that fact, uh, uh, please, you'll want to go to watermarkoc.com slash contact. You can just give us a few of your details and we'll make sure to put you in the database. Not to overwhelm you with emails, but just in times like this when we really need to communicate to everyone about Sunday service, which of course you figured out by now, we're not gathered in person, you're watching all of this online. Uh, so that's that's just the practicals and the specifics about Watermark and how we've been impacted by this, this virus this last weekend. Uh, I just wanted to say one more thing about it before moving on, you know, and, and, and I, I don't have any grand pronouncements. Uh, um, and, I, and I made up early in my mind regarding COVID. I made, made up early in my mind to never uh, hyper-spiritualize or politicize this virus. Um, and I'm thankful for that because uh, as you maybe have seen on the other podcasts and YouTube channels and churches you follow, there's a lot of overly vocal uh, pastors representing both sides on this issue, um, getting really loud and I believe hyper-spiritualizing or hyper-politicizing uh, the issue. If that's what you're looking for, um, you know, uh, uh, for, for a pastor to get involved or to decry certain things, uh, uh, we're just not that kind of church. Uh, but here was my sense after talking to a young business owner last week uh, about their own exposure to COVID on their staff team. And my sense was this, people are discouraged. People are weary and they're afraid because here we are again, because here's this outbreak or this wave, uh, this even this different variant and what can we do? And uh, so if that's the case, truly at the core of human beings, what's the best play? to spiritualize, politicize people's decisions, to make people bad for their decision to, to get vaccinated or not, to, to live or act a certain way or not. Um, see, in, in my mind, what the coronavirus has done is given us just one more opportunity to exercise radical grace. That's what it is for those of us particularly who are different than us. Uh, finally, I just want to say to those who are discouraged or fearful, I just want you to, to take heart. Um, be still. This too shall pass. That's the encouragement. That's coming from someone sitting right here in his master bedroom who's a little bit warm uh, as we're speaking. Uh, definitely got that uh, kind of 
numbing headache going on. Uh, so uh, I want to encourage you, take heart, be still. That's our annual verse, Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, and this too shall pass. That's my encouragement, and that's all I'm going to say about COVID-19 for the, for the weekend. <clears throat> Again, if you have follow-up questions or concerns about our handling of this issue or what's happening next, please, you want to go to watermarkoc.com slash contact, and, and we'd be happy to answer any of your questions. Today, this weekend, we're starting a new teaching series, and I want to give a warning first. This teaching series is called Masterclass Simplicity. So we want to we want to kind of elevate our understanding, become professionals or even experts in this idea of Christian simplicity. Uh, but before I get into the introductory message tonight, uh, I want to warn you about this series. I really want to warn you because I I know it could be easily become you know the pastor preacher's favorite combination of words that is uh, radically countercultural. And therefore, it can tend to be played out and even unbelievable when the pastor says radically countercultural. But you need to know and you need to begin praying right now about determining in your heart, determine in your heart right now if you're going to make room for meaningful change as a result of this teaching series. See, the way I figure, if you don't kind of prep your heart in your mind for, for this one, uh, it'll just become another cute, little inspiring, little preachy, little thing that bears no fruit. And we've said it once, we say it a hundred times at Watermark, we preach for life transformation. That's what preaching is for. That's what gathering in person or online is for. To hear a message is because we believe that there's power in the Word of God to transform lives. Not just information transfer, but to transform lives. So uh, this, is a, this is a warning not to just be open to change. It's also this, to understand the forces working against you in this series. See, as we talk about simplicity, which is defined as the disciplined pursuit of less. Say it to you one more time. You're going to hear it a lot in this message. The disciplined pursuit of less. There's lots of forces going to be coming against you in that pursuit. Number one, your mental bias that says it can't be done can't be done. I can't make those kinds of changes. I can't go without my phone for a week. I can't go without uh, uh, without ju- just necessary purchases for a week. Uh, I-, I can't go a whole week without overscheduling my calendar. No, no, no. Number one, you're going to have this mental bias that says it cannot be done. This negative speech that says it cannot be done. Number two, you're going you're gonna to be against the culture we swim in. It constantly inundates us with more. That is a heavy culture. It's the water we're in, you guys. It's not just like a sprinkle or a droplet, okay? This is not an infant baptism where you just get a couple of drops. No, this is a full immersion. We're baptized in the cultural waters of overwork, overbusy, overdue. And so you're going to be going against the mental bias. You're going to be going against the cultural stream. Finally, you're going to be going against the enemy himself who wants no, nothing more than to keep us busy and distracted. 100%. You see, uh, we don't have these uh, necessarily in this, in this time and place, uh, the West and America, these crazy demonizations that maybe you see in the third world, mostly because we don't need that kind of uh, uh, spiritual warfare when, when the enemy is, just keeps us distracted and over busy. So you've you got to realize that's what we're up against. And that's why I give you this warning. Uh, the fact is, guys, I believe that this is the single greatest threat facing the church today. I believe this is the single greatest threat facing the church today. 
and over busy and a hyper distracted people. Over busy and hyper distracted people. That's the number one threat facing the church today. So go into this series, please. Go into this message right now, the next 15 minutes. Go into it with your eyes wide open. That's all I ask. And just be praying and seeking the Lord. Ask Jesus what is yours to be done as a result of this series. So as we talk about simplicity, the disciplined pursuit of less, these verses came to mind as I think about Jesus being the ultimate simple master. Okay, Have you ever wondered why Jesus said these things? Matthew 4, 4. But he answered, It is written, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When Jesus was tempted by the enemy to take more, to get more, he says, No, I don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How about this from Luke 10? Go, Jesus said, I am sending you out like lambs surrounded by wolves. Do not carry a money bag, a traveler's bag, or a second pair of sandals. Greet no one on the road. Jesus gives the most hyper-minimalistic missionary instructions ever. Why? How interesting. And finally, this from Matthew 18. I tell you the truth. Unless you turn around and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Jesus says, live on the word of God and you don't need nothing else. He says, take nothing with you when you're sent out in your daily work and your job and your mission take nothing extra with you you don't need anything else but him and he says become like a child if you want to access and experience the kingdom what's the through line for all of these a pure dependence dependence on god his word his holy spirit alone and nothing else no extras needed So what happens? What begins to happen when we embrace this practice? It's not just a practice, by the way. This is not just another spiritual disciplines teaching series. I'll tell you that right now. Simplicity is a way of life. Simplicity is a posture. Simplicity is a way of of being with God that gets played out in a hundred different ways in our lives. So what's some of the fruit? What what are some of the changes we see? Well, before we answer that question, before I get into some of the benefit or the outcome or the fruit of that, We need to answer the question, we need to address the problem, rather, of how we got here. How did we get here to being the most over-busy and hyper-distracted people of all time? Now, you think what I'm going to do is immediately go after the internet and screen time and technology, but that's not true. Actually, the story begins way, way, way further back, long before the time of Steve Jobs and their internet. That's right, it starts at the very beginning. So there are two things, there's two things that are utterly broken in our lives today, and they are order and cycles. There's the two challenges. If you're taking notes, write this down to start praying through this. It's two things, order and cycles. Yes, we know there's laws and order, and Ben, that's still around, and I subscribe to most all laws, so uh, what do you mean? And, and, and Ben, yeah, we know there's natural cycles. I have some bodily cycles, and, and there's cycles of seasons, or even the sun, moon, and the stars, etc. Yeah, yeah, but, but I'm talking about the human heart and the soul, okay? When it comes to the human heart and the soul, order, a proper order for our souls and our minds, have been completely decimated. Let's go back to the beginning and and get a reference for what I'm talking about. Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And get this, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. 
and, and what happens in the rest of Genesis chapter 1, of course, the whole rest of the chapter, cosmic binaries, light, dark, earth, sky, water, dry land, day, night, male, female. The earth was formless and void, completely void of order. There's no order, and God comes in and he brings this beautiful, ordered system. This immaculate and stunning ordered system. Our God is a God who brings order out of chaos. He's a very ordered God. And then something interesting happens on the seventh day. This will speak to cycles. So the creation of the heavens and the earth, this is Genesis 2, everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from the work of creation. Wow. The Lord himself rests. He creates, he orders, he rests. Then guess what? He does it all over again. He repeats the cycle. And then he goes on in the next couple of books. God outlines in his law for his people. What do we get? We get more order, more cycles. God creates, God rests, we create, we rest. Except, do we? Does that sound like the order of your life? Your work rest cycle? Do you just feel so creative all the time? You wake up Monday, I'm so creative, ready to run, ready to recreate, ready to order my life all over again. On Monday morning, that's how you feel, right? Because Saturday and Sunday, you just took a Sabbath. You just took a rest. You just have a masterclass simplicity. Your life is so simple for you right now. It's not simple for anyone. It's not simple for anyone. Okay, we have uh, yet another outbreak of a global pandemic. It's not simple for anyone. But I thought about that. Isn't that funny, by the way? Isn't that some kind of irony that my life has never been so simple? Except for when I, everything in my whole world was stopped and we have a mandatory quarantine and isolation that we have to do. Boy, that'll simplify your life really quick. But here's the point. Here's the principle. It shouldn't take a pandemic to get you to simplify your life and to stop. No. It shouldn't, okay? I'm not advocating for that. We do not rest. We do not maintain this order and this cycle that God put into not just the natural world, but into our bodies and our souls. Ours, ours is not a restful society. And we've lost a bit of our souls in the hurry and the busyness and the, in the constant uh, hustle for accumulation. And, and so... Um, I think one of the barriers that we need to pray through, by the way, guys, and this is really true, I think that unfortunately we have a little bit of a spirit of grandiosity that we're battling. You know, it's not a very popular word, not a word that we use, but I think that, that because we work seven days straight and then again and again and again we've done that, we, we start to believe that we're like God. <clears throat> That's my thought, is that we start to believe we're like God. Well, maybe I don't need a break. Maybe my body's different. No, I just have more natural stamina and energy. I don't need that cycle or that order. And that's what we call grandiosity. We just have this spirit and this mentality that we're grandiose. We're just, we're like God. We can do it all, be it all. And folks, that's just not our job. That's God alone. So back to the question, what do we gain from this lifestyle, this Christian lifestyle of simplicity? Because that's what this is, by the way. It's not a practice. It's a, it's, it's a, presence with God. One of the first things that comes back, and this is how I'm going to churn the corner and start to wind down the message. One of the things that comes back when you restore order and cycles back to your life is the ability to think. Just write that down in your notes right now. The ability to think. That's literally my application point for the message today. For this weekend, that's the thing you get back. 
You could think that I'm that you may think I'm going to overpromise and underdeliver and how is how it's going to change your life and your seven principles how it's going to radically transform everything. You know what? The very first thing that occurs to me is that you'll be able to get your thought life back. You'll be able to think and sense your feelings again. Yeah, you're going to get your thoughts back. And maybe that seems even to you a little overly simplistic. Remember, that's the name of the series. Uh, maybe even a little unremarkable to you that we just get to think again. But but think about the following statement. Think about this statement. I burn out inwardly before I burn out outwardly. I burn out inwardly long before I burn out outwardly. Do you kind of get what that phrase means? See, I think that's true for every human being on the planet. And I've experienced it. When I'm snatching at my kids, barking commands, making threats left and right, <clears throat> I realize that there's something wrong in my soul and internally something is off long before something is off externally on the outside. And I think that most of you know that's true. When you've had a really long day, I know I was breaking down on the inside long before I was acting out on the outside. Do you get more what I'm saying? When you have this outward display of anxiety or fear or anger, that's what we call a lag measure. You guys ever look at numbers and figures and metrics? The lag measure is what comes second. The first thing that comes is the lead measure. The lead measure is the inward feelings and thoughts that we totally bypassed because we weren't in touch with them. We don't know that. We couldn't track that. Not in a million years at the pace and the rate that we're going, you guys. Not unless we actually scheduled time to stop. Remember, that's what the word Sabbath means. It's one of our church values, by the way. One of our 10 values is stop to Sabbath. And think. I remember listening to one podcaster say that we lost our ability to think when we started looking at our phones while waiting in line. <laughs> you know, we used to have all this downtime. All this downtime, waiting in line at the market, in line at the DMV, in the waiting room with doctors, at the end of the day, at mealtimes, laying awake in bed. Even in the car, we used to have downtime. Not anymore. Not anymore. We've obliterated all of those transition points, those waiting periods. We've, we've just completely etched them out. And we've filled every last waking minute with a screen. We have. We have. You guys may think that I'm just beating a dead horse and I'm never going to get off of this and it's such an issue. The first person who can raise their hand and say it's not true for them, love to hear it. Love to hear it. But the vast majority of human beings never stop to just be still and reflect about what they're thinking or feeling anymore. We've just sidetracked our thought life altogether. <clears throat> now, a really good question would be, Ben, what's the big deal? Are our thoughts and our feelings really that important? Well, when you introduce other human beings, they are actually. You bet it is. To be able to sense what you're thinking and what you're feeling relative to another human being is everything. Because remember we said about inward comes long before outward. If you have this inward decay and all these bottled up feelings and emotions and thoughts that you have not reflected on yourself or brought before the Lord yourself, what are you going to unleash on someone outwardly? If you haven't done that first step inwardly, what are you going to unleash on someone outwardly? It's going to be a hot mess. That's why we have such quarreling in our parenting and our marriages and our workplaces and our friends. Because we have not taken the time to think. See, it'd be fine if we lived in a vacuum 
as hyper individuals. That's what the world would like you to believe. That's what Western culture would like you to believe. We never had to relate to anybody ever, but that's simply not the case. We're forced to relate. And the ability to sense our thoughts and feelings and then thoughtfully relay those, thoughtfully to sense our thoughts and thoughtfully relay those to others or not, will have a vastly different impact on the content and quality of our relationships. I'll say that one more time. Our ability to sense our thoughts and thoughtfully relay those to others or not, our inability to do so, will have a vastly different impact on the content and quality of our relationships. Let me just tell you one more piece of wisdom literature. There's a piece of wisdom literature probably from Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. It talks about this order, talks about cycles, and ties it together with this idea of thoughts and emotions and what God is speaking to us in our bodies through our thought life. This is from Ecclesiastes 3, 4, 6. For everyone, for everything, there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. Is this ancient wisdom or a modern panacea? (laughs) As I read that one verse right there, those four verses from the, the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon, the son of David, bringing this wisdom. As I read those four verses, is that ancient wisdom that's just, that just was suitable for thousands of years ago? Or is that a modern panacea? Is that like a, a fix-all of, of so many of our relational and emotional wounds and outbursts and problems we face today? Guys, if you don't have the cycles and order that God rightly put in place for your soul and your heart, if we don't have that, we won't know what time is to be quiet or when to speak. We won't know when it's time to rejoice or when it's time to cry. We won't know when it's time to mourn or, or, or it's time to dance. We won't know when it's time to search or quit searching. Have you ever felt that before? What's my purpose? What's my destiny? What's my new job? What's my next thing? And you just jump from one social media quote and proverb to the next and one next YouTube champion to the next. And you just let them just, just cram all this data into your mind. And you fill every waking moment with these bright ideas. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit, which is the gift to every believer, is is inside you just making these appeals. Trying to give you those directives and give you those intuitions and those next steps about what is appropriate in every single time and every single season. I want to end with this. Uh, I'm always hesitant to uh, trumpet the advances or some of the steps I've taken. Uh, in this journey of simplicity, but suffice to say it is something that's deeply personal to me and has had a radical impact on my life. You see, it was about two and a half years ago, we hosted a guy named Bill Galte from from soulshepherding.com. Go ahead and look him up, go to his website, get his books. He came and he spoke for, for three hours on Sabbathing, how to rest and how to stop at Watermark. He gave this speech about relaxed Jesus, He talked about how Jesus was content and filled with the peace of the Father, no matter where he was, even when he was uh, sweating blood in the garden, 
even when he was being beat, even when he was on the cross, he had a security and a peace and a presence in God the Father. That he that that leads Bill to use the word relax Jesus. And I was sitting with a round group of other people from Watermark, and, and I just had this defining moment decision. In my heart of hearts, I I I in my head I had this question resounding. Man, if Jesus is relaxed and we're supposed to follow in the ways of Jesus. And there are some things I could describe myself as Jesus-like, Christ-like. This is one area where I cannot describe myself like Jesus. I could not define myself like Jesus. Relaxed. And it was that day I made up in my mind. I made up, I resolved, I dedicated, I set, it was a holy moment, I set it aside. And I knew that I knew that I knew I had to make a profound change in my life. Because I was so overwhelmed and so chaotic, rushing to meetings late, double booking meetings, scheduling meetings that overlap one another, and dishonoring people left and right. And I knew I had to make a radical change in my schedule in my daily life. And I knew that I had to get rid of my smartphone. See, it was, it was like a silly, kind of almost dumb thing that kept pestering me and nagging me to do such a radical thing. On this day, I knew it was going to happen. There was, there was no doubt. Within a week's time, I'd gotten rid of my iPhone and I'd purchased a dumb phone. A basic phone that literally just does text message and phone calls. A lot of you know this about me. And a lot of you have been inconvenienced by this step. And I'm sorry to a lot of people in the early days before I had group text on my phone or I couldn't do links or pictures or videos on my phone. And, you know, the phone was kind of hit or miss sometimes when it came to basic communication. But the truth of the matter is, is that I would never trade the simplicity and openness and order that has been restored to my life for a smartphone again. There is no amount of money or convincing or argumentation that could compel me to exchange what I've discovered in this simple, simple practice of inviting God back to order and cycles in my life through this one specific step. Now, I'm not using this as a conclusion story to say that's what everyone must do. No. In fact, what you should do is just go over your week and find out the things that are absolutely essential and hold fast to those. But comb through the rest of your weekly schedule and find out what are the non-essentials and what needs to go. What is God asking me to cut out so that I can restore the disciplined pursuit of less? You see, I love the picture that Greg McGowan uses from his book, Essentialism. He says that we can go uh, 10 directions a millimeter at a time, or we can go one direction a mile at a time. That's the invitation of this teaching series, you guys. God wants to invite you back to order and cycles that he put in your soul, in your heart, in your mind. And he wants to invite you into the kingdom, a life of radical dependence on him as children who use the word of God and who depend on nothing else but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so I invite you into this series. I pray that God would convict you and speak to you in radically new ways. Thanks, you guys. God bless. We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.